those of you that are familiar with the presence of the Lord, you know that this is the atmosphere that anything can happen. This is the atmosphere of the miraculous. This is the atmosphere of a breakthrough. This is the atmosphere of miracles, signs, and wonders. If God be for you, who can be against you? I feel boldness in the Holy Ghost today. I want to declare without equivocation that God is greater, that God is bigger, that God is stronger. It doesn't matter what you may be fighting or facing. It doesn't matter what's on the job or at home or in your health or in your finances. My God is bigger. Hallelujah. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in this world. I want to read two verses in your hearing and then we're going to all worship God together for the next 30 minutes. This is your first time in this church. I want you to know that this is not a lecture. This is not even a traditional sermon. This is class participation. <laughs> this is interactive church. This is all of God's people coming together and saying with one voice, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Oh, hallelujah. I want to read two verses in your hearing from 2 Chronicles. The first will start chapter 30, verse 27. Context of these verses is that temple has been built. They're dedicating it unto the Lord. 2 Chronicles 30, 27 reads like this. Then the priests, the Levites, arose and blessed the Lord and their voice was heard. Everybody say their voice was heard. And their prayer came up to his holy dwelling place, even unto heaven. Everybody say their prayer. Their voice. Their prayer. Second Chronicles chapter 5 and verse 13. Same book. 25 chapters earlier. 2 Chronicles 5.13, it came to pass as the trumpeters and singers were as one to make one sound to be heard. Everybody say to be heard. In praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice, everybody say lifted up their voice. With trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord saying. I think it'd be good for us to all say that word, saying. For he is good. For his mercy endureth forever. That then, everybody say that then. When they used their voice 
the house was filled with a cloud, even the house of the Lord, so that the priest could not stand to minister. Everybody say he couldn't finish his sermon. By reason of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord had filled the house of God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I want to speak this morning on this simple subject, the honor of your voice. The honor of your voice. I wonder if you would set your Bibles down right now and would you lift your voice and would you honor God with your voice? Would you do that right now? We lift our voice unto you. We declare your name into this atmosphere. We honor you with our voice. We bless the Lord at all times. Heaven is your throne and earth is your footstool. There is none that is like unto thee. There is none that is beside thee. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven. We honor you today. We honor you today. We lift you up, God, with our voice and the declaration of our mouth. We praise you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God bless you. You may be seated. It has been said that the voice of a child's mother or father is one of the most comforting sounds that a baby can hear. Perhaps it is because the child hears that voice in the womb and it gives the child a sense of security and safety even after it is born. I remember when my twin sons were born a month early they had to go in the NICU for several days. My wife and I would go in to see them, and they had them all wired up with monitors and sensors. We had to put on the little gowns and the little funny hat and gloves and all that. And we'd go in there, and they were laying there, and they were so little. There's all these machines and wires, and it's, it's, a, it's a little bit scary as a parent to see all of that. We would begin to talk to them, and they would become excited and the monitor would start to go beep, 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 beep. One of the boys, I remember, squeezed his toe and his pulse started accelerating and set off all the machines. The nurse came in and said, you know, he, he knows your voice and your touch and he knows that you're his father, so he's responding to you with excitement. I thought of that verse that John records of the Lord. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. There's something about the voice and the touch of our heavenly Father that makes all the machines in us go off. There ought to be something inside of a human being that quickens 
There ought to be something within our heart and mind that causes us to want to exalt the Lord every time we come into God's presence and feel His power. I rise today to say, I hope we never become so callous and so casual with the presence of God that there's not something inside of us that says, whoa, every time we are in His presence. This is not church as usual. This is not business as usual. Jesus is coming back. God's coming back, and He's coming back with a shout. He's coming back with a shout. There are times, even as adults, that we talk to our friend on the phone, perhaps someone that we've not talked to for a while, and we say, it is good to hear your voice. How many of you have ever made that statement, perhaps, on the phone to a friend? What is... What is so good to hear about their voice? It has to be more than just the melodious pitch. It has to be perhaps an association of good times or good memories that we connect that voice to. The positive recollection of long talks and laughter and most of all loyalty. It's good to hear their voice because of all the things that their voice represents. In the text that we read to you from Chronicles, we read that heaven opened up to the sound of their voice. I say to you today that there is something supernatural that takes place. When God's people use their voice to honor God, to worship the King of Kings, there is a connection with God when we honor him with our voice. Perhaps it is what our voice represents when we praise him that causes heaven to open up like a flower. I'm sure just the sounds that we make are not necessarily what causes heaven to stand at attention, but it must be what it represents. When human beings those that have been born in sin but choose not to die in sin. When the redeemed of the Lord use their voice, something different. Sure, there are many angels in heaven. Sure, their choir is unsurpassed without peer. But there's something about when a man or a woman or a boy or a girl decides to use their voice, a voice that could curse and damn God but chooses not to do either, a voice instead that chooses to say, bless the Lord, oh my soul. voice heaven responds when the redeemed use their voice to worship the king of kings and the lord of lords it reminds the spirit world 
of God's power to save. Psalms 107 and verse 2 says, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Those that have been redeemed by the hand of the enemy. If you've ever been delivered out of the hand of the enemy, you ought to say so. You ought to say so now. You ought to say so tomorrow. You ought to say so every day. I've been redeemed. Once I was lost, but now I'm found. Once I was blind, but now I see. I have been redeemed. Isaiah chapter 48 and verse 20 says, With a voice of singing, declare ye, tell this, utter it even to the end of the earth, say ye. Think about that in that one verse. Declare ye, tell this, utter it, say ye. That all sounds like to me. We need to be using our voice to bless the Lord. What do you say? (laughs) What do you say? You say, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. I had a city council meeting Thursday night down there at the Palm Bay City Hall. I told you about it last Sunday. And I got there a little bit earlier and had gone on the roster to speak. And some of you came out. Most of you didn't. But a couple of you came out. But the rest of the city of Palm Bay came out. And before we could get the meeting started, there was one of the council members motioned for me to come up there and pulled me over to the side. And and then another council member came over. They said, Reverend, we wanted to tell you that we've amended this and we've already exempt all the churches in Palm Bay. I said, hallelujah. That's awesome. Exempt the churches. That saves us about $9,000 a year. Not including, I'm sure, all the increases. So I said, that's awesome. Thank you. And then the mayor came over and he said, Reverend, do you mind praying before the meeting gets started? This is going to be quite a long night. And it was. It went till 3 a.m. I didn't go till 3 a.m. But the meeting went till 3 a.m. So I thought, well, I better withdraw what my comments were going to be because they were pretty strong. So uh, they called for me later on, but I was, I was already gone by that point. And uh, so I'm sitting there, and man, all these people are coming in, and cops are trying to control the crowd, and fire marshals saying everybody's got to be outside, and people are hollering out. And people I have found will speak out about what they're passionate about. Ooh, I feel just a kind of a pastoral spirit climbing up on me. I feel it coming up on my back today. People will speak out about what they're passionate about. People got down there and lifted up their voice and hollered and yelled out and spoke to the council extremely disrespectful because of a $100 increase a year. They were going to have to spend $100 more a year to the city of Palm Bay, and people were passionate about it. And I was sitting there thinking about what I was going to pray about. And then I thought, you know, I wonder if I should say in Jesus' name. 
And I was looking around me, and people were already beginning to yell and hold up signs and everything. And I got to thinking about when they had asked me to pray that one time at Oxford, and they had told me not to pray in Jesus' name because it would offend the Jewish kids and not to offend Heavenly Father because that would offend the Unitarians. And, and I'd say, well, what about if I just pray and say to whom it may concern? <laughs> I was teasing. They thought I was serious. And they said that would be excellent. And we were in London downtown in one of those ends of the court, and we were all in robes and had Supreme Court judges there. And, and they said, we're going to eyes and stand and pray. Everything's real formal, you know. And, so I stood up, you know, let us all bow our heads together. I waited till everybody's head was bowed and eyes closed. And I said, dear Jesus, our heavenly father. <laughs> oh, they were mad. They were mad. So I'm sitting there thinking about this while I'm in that city council chambers. And finally they said, Reverend Myers, we want you to come up there and pray so I, I said a little prayer and thank the Lord for the honor to live in this country where we can all express our opinions Amen. what a privileged people we are Amen. to be able to speak passionately about what we believe in and then got toward the end and I said in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ how many believe we ought to speak the name of Jesus over our city over our community, over our family, over our job. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Before this is the honest truth, Brother Sister Burke were sitting there with me. This is the honest truth. Before I could get back to my seat, Brother Richie, I had three people that grabbed me just from moving from the diocese to my, my seat. Three people grabbed me and said, thank you for saying the name of Jesus. Thank you for saying the name of Jesus. Thank you for saying the name of Jesus. I got to thinking, Lord, I apologize that I even contemplated not saying the name of Jesus. Folks, if people can speak out about a raise in their stormwater assessment, how much more so should the redeemed of the Lord get together and say, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised and honor God with their voice of declaration of praise and glory and honor unto the Lord. Hallelujah. You say, well, what do we say? Say the Lord hath redeemed his servant. Every day you ought to start out your day using your voice. Thank you, Lord, that you have redeemed your servant. You have protected this house. You have protected my children and my mind and my home and my strength and my health. And I say, thank you, Lord. Thank you that you redeemed me. I was born in sin, but I'm not going to die in sin. I was born in iniquity, but through your help, through your spirit, through your word, I'm going to die a man or a woman that believes in God with the hope of heaven. Revelation 5, 9 says, and they sung a new song. Does anybody in this house have a new song? I said, does anybody in this house have a new song and they sang a new song saying thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by the blood of every kindred and tongue and people and nation heaven responds to win the redeemed honor God with their voice.
Yes, you honor him with your heart. When you have a tender heart and you can be touched by God, you honor God. I love people that have tender hearts. There's certain people, they can have rough edges, but you start talking to them about a need or you start talking to them about the mercy of God and you'll start to see their eyes fill up with tears. God looks on the heart. Those kind of people are close to God because they got tender hearts. And most of you are here today, not because of your own righteousness, but because you had a heart that was tender enough that when God touched it, you responded to it. Yes, you honor God with your heart. Yes, you honor God with your mind. When you make a decision to serve God and to commit yourself to a biblical lifestyle, yes, you honor God with your mind because you make a decision. And yes, you honor God with your feet. You decided to get up today and to get ready and come to the house of God. You honored him with your actions. You could have been somewhere else today. You could have been at a Disney World park or you could have been on the water in a sailboat. But instead you came to God and you came to his house and you honored God with your feet. So you've already honored God. You've honored him today with your feet. You've honored him with your heart. You've honored him with your mind. But now, why would we do all of that and not honor God with our voice? Ladies and gentlemen, it wasn't hand clapping or foot stomping that opened up heaven. It was their voice. Let me tell you how you dishonor God. You dishonor God with your silence. Those of you that have been married for a while, have you ever heard of something called the silent treatment? <laughs> Nobody wants to vote right now. Everybody's looking straight ahead. All of a sudden, they've all gone tone deaf. When you get mad, you get quiet. The spouse says, what's the matter? Hmm? They always say the same thing, nothing. And nothing never means nothing. Nothing means something, but you're going to have to work to find out what it is. I heard a comedian talking about being married for 25 years. He said, you know, when my wife and I were first married, we could be in the same room and we could each be reading a book and we just look over at each other and smile and we were just so happy to be together, be with each other. Neither one of us had to talk. But now he said that I've been married for 25 years. And we have three kids. If we're in the same room for 30 minutes or more and she has not said anything, I know that I'm in trouble. <laughs> he said, every time I'll get up, I go over to my wife and I say, honey, baby, sweetheart, though I don't know exactly what I did, I am sure that at some point in this day, I said something that was hurtful and sensitive, unkind and demeaning. And though I am not sure what it was, I would like the opportunity to go to my room and think about it. <laughs> and the reason that people are so good at the silent treatment is that they practice it a lot as teenagers. How was school today? Mm -hmm. Are you upset? No. I picked up my... Uh, my daughter one time when she was only about four or five years old from school and she's really talkative and she talks all the time. I don't know where she got it from. And 
She was real quiet. I said, Sophia, are you okay? Yeah. I said, what happened? Nothing. I said, did you get in a fight with one of your friends? Maybe. I said, well, what happened? She told me about her little friend. She said, you know, I'm always giving her stuff out of my box. And I'm always including her, you know, with my friends. And I'm always, you know, uh, explaining things to her because, you know, she, she's not all that sharp. And I'm like, wow, girls can be vicious, boy. A young age. I said, Sophia. She's like, well, you know what I mean. I said, well, what happened? She said, well, today she worked against me. We played a game and she tried to eliminate me and she worked against me and, and she wasn't very nice to me. And she said, I, I let it go. But she said, tomorrow when we come together in the class and she sits there and wants to be next to me, wants to have some of my lunch, wants to be included with my friends and my game. She said, I'm going to look at her. And she did her finger like this. She said, I'm going to say to her, let's take a, a walk down memory lane. <laughs> They perfect it. Did you do good on your test? Oh, I guess. Something's not right, is it? Oh, I'm just tired. They always say that. I'm just tired. Was 15 hours of sleep plus two naps not enough? <laughs> what they're actually saying is that this conversation is exhausting, is what they're actually saying. It's all great practice for married life. Or church life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're all with me for a moment. Church life. We come to church. Is it going good? Everybody shout with a voice of triumph. <laughs> I'll say it again. I preached on this a few weeks ago. Clapping your hands is not worship. Unless it is combined with a shout of triumph. That's what the Bible says. Give God Almighty. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. It's a privilege to worship. It's a privilege to praise Him. It's a privilege to honor God with your voice. You say, well... I just don't like to talk a lot. I'm, I'm a quiet person. Because you'll get on the phone with your friends and go on and on and on. Whoever said that silence is golden was an introvert. Silence is not golden. Silence is a weapon of dishonor. Even if you don't get it all right, say something. It's a trick of the enemy to get people, people come down the altar. They don't know what to say. They're afraid they're going to say the wrong thing. Amen. Let me just say this. If you're asking God to fill you with the Spirit, you can't say the wrong thing. Amen. Whatever you say is going to be okay. Amen. I heard a story the other day. My barber was telling me a story about Forrest Gump went to heaven. I didn't realize Forrest Gump went to heaven, but my barber said that he did. When he got to heaven, they had three questions for him. I said, number one, Forrest, before we let you into heaven, we got to ask you these questions. How many days of the week start with the letter T? He said, well, that's easy, too. They said, well, that's right. He said, today and tomorrow. 
And they say, well, well, we were thinking of Tuesday and Thursday, but that's okay. You got to. They said, the second question is, how many seconds are in a year? He said, 12. They said, 12? We were thinking of a higher number. They, he said, well, January 2nd, February 2nd, March 2nd, <laughs> April 2nd. They said, okay, well, we, we understand what you're saying, but this is the hardest question of all. And Forrest, this is really important. If you're going to get into heaven, you've got to know the answer. What is the name of God? He said, Andy. They said, Andy? He said, yeah, haven't you heard that song? And he walks with me, and he talks with me, and he tells me. <laughs> you may not always get it all right. You may not have been born in a Christian home or family. But if you just use your voice to express what is in your heart, you don't have to have a prayer memorized to get the Holy Ghost. You can come in the house of the Lord and say, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. You can come into the house of God and you can say, thank you, Jesus. And heaven will honor it if you use your voice. Use your voice in prayer. Use your voice in worship. Use your voice to bring joy to those around you. It honors heaven. Jeremiah 33 11 says, the voice of joy and the voice of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom. Everybody say the bridegroom. bridegroom. Turn to your neighbor and say, that means you. you. (laughs) And the voice of the bride. Turn to your neighbor and say, that means you. (laughs) You notice there's a connection there. The bride and the bridegroom. When the spirit of the Lord comes in You and I, as human beings, there is something within us that wants to say, hallelujah. You may not even be in church, and you want to say it. One time, my my father and uh, my mom and and our family, my sister and all, we were all over at Epcot at Italy, the place where you eat over there that's Italy. And uh, they come around with these little bands and stuff, and they want to play little Italian songs. And they came around and they, they wanted to play this one song. And it's, lo sol amido, whatever. But they were playing it as opposed to singing it. And it has the same tune. To down from his glory, ever living story. Y'all are just being really quiet because you want to hear me sing more and more verses. But that's all I'm going to sing. <laughs> <laughs> and so they were, no, no. They were playing all these violins and all this. And my dad was listening to it, and all he could think of was down from his... And we were in the middle of the restaurant in Italy, in Epcot. Some special deal, because my mom's Italian. We were there for an anniversary or something. And they got all through playing. My dad said, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Right in the middle of the whole restaurant. He didn't know what they were singing in Italian, but to him, they were singing down from his glory. That's all he could think about. When I was young, I used to get embarrassed by all that. Now I'm thankful for it. Now I'm embarrassing my kids with the same stuff. (laughs) Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. I don't think this culture should convince us as apostolic Pentecostals, those that have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. I don't think this culture should convince us that we ought to sit quiet like we're in some sort of library and not use our voice to honor God. I got too much Bible. 
for heaven responded when the redeemed used their voice to glorify God. Hallelujah. When I think of his goodness and all he's done for me. Jeremiah said, the voice of them that shall say, praise the Lord of hosts, for the Lord is good, for his mercy endureth forever. And of them that shall bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord, I will cause to return the captivity of the land, as at the first, saith the Lord. That means that God is going to work a miracle in your life and set the captive free. When you use your voice, I challenge you in the Holy Ghost this morning. You need a healing in your body? Use your voice and honor God with the declaration of your praise and faith. You use your voice to release faith. You can have faith in your heart. You can believe like nobody's business. But until you use your voice, you do not release that faith. It is you and I using our voice that releases the faith. That's why in Matthew 17, Jesus told his disciples to speak to the mountain. They prayed and nothing happened. He prayed and they did. They said, what happened? He said, you've got to speak to the mountain. If you've got faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say to the mountain, be removed to yonder place, and it shall. Everybody say, it shall. Oh, I feel faith rising in this house. And it shall be removed. That's what Peter and John had to learn. That's why after they had the Holy Ghost in Acts 3 and they saw the lame man, they didn't just think about his healing. Peter said, look on us. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. It wasn't that they didn't have faith, but the Lord was telling them, you got to speak the voice of faith. You need a miracle in your life today? I'm going to challenge you to speak the voice of faith. In Romans, Paul said, salvation is nigh thee, even in thy mouth. That is the word of faith which we preach. In Acts chapter 2, it says that when they received the Holy Ghost, as Brother Richie was teaching about this morning, they begin to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. That was the evidence of the Spirit of God coming in them. In Acts chapter 10, when Peter was preaching to, to the household of Cornelius, and the word went forth. The word goes forth as seed. When the word is going forth, it goes forth as seed. Some of it, the Lord described, it falls on good ground, and some of it gets choked out by weeds, and others, you know, it falls on stony ground and so forth. But at least 25%, one out of four, it falls on good ground. And so when you hear the word of God, it's seed that's coming out. And when you hear it and it goes down in your heart and you say, I believe it. And you say, I believe it. That seed is fertilized and now the miraculous is going to take place in your life. I claim my healing in the name of Jesus. I claim that my children will be saved in the name of Jesus. I take authority in the name of Jesus. I believe that anything is possible. Whatever your mountain is, whatever the obstacle is, speak to it today. Because I promise you, if you'll honor God with your voice, he will honor you with a miracle. He wants to show his power. He's not just a great God, he's a good God. And the Bible says in Acts 10 that when Cornelius and his household, when they responded to the word of God, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And the end of Acts chapter 10 says they begin to speak. 
Holy Ghost is evidenced by this speaking. Why? Because throughout all the Word of God, it was the declaration of their mouth that caused there to be a supernatural demonstration of the power of God. It was the declaration of humanity's mouth. I don't know what you may be facing today, but I've come today with a biblical solution. It doesn't matter if it's a crisis in your home, in your health, on your job, in your emotions. It doesn't matter if it's something to do with a family member or a friend. Salvation is nigh thee, even in thy mouth. And if you need to be, go ahead, go ahead. Use your mouth and go ahead, brother. Claim it right now in the name of Jesus. Somebody else feels something, just holler it out right now. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. She caught on a lot of something. Let's stand to our feet right now. I feel the Holy Ghost moving. Anybody in here been redeemed? I wonder right now if you'd use your voice. Would you honor God with your voice? I said, would you honor God with your voice? I feel like worshiping God today. I feel like declaring God in this house. Come on, if you need a miracle, why don't you step out from where you're standing? Come down to the front right here. You've never received the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Step out of where you are right now. Come on down to the front. If you need a miracle in your life, if you need a healing in your body, I challenge you the Holy Ghost. Step out of where you're at. Make your way down to the front. That's it. People are coming from all over. Press down just as close as you can. Come on, there's room for you. This is the atmosphere for God to do the miraculous work. Those of you that are down to this altar, I want you to lift your voice right now like a trumpet. And I want you to declare the miracle. Those of you that are in the pew, if you've been redeemed of the Lord, lift up your head and lift up your voice. And create an atmosphere of praise and worship.